Defund DOC is a movement and belief. Our mission is to stop oppression, exploitation, and bring about relief. Raise awareness, open eyes to the corruption in our midst. It's a higher way of thinking, but I'm sure you'll get the gist. Corrupt politicians and slimy administrators want to label us rebels and radical demonstrators. We are the ones who aren't scared, the voices that were never there, the ones willing to fight when no one else cared, the ones who stood up and finally said this isn't right, the only ones pushing back against the bureaucratic might. Support us if you can and listen for a few because ultimately Defund DOC is for you. Welcome to the Defund DOC podcast. I'm Linda. And I'm Daniel Sims. Welcome, future changemakers. Thanks for joining us today for this special edition, Why Defund DOC and So What? This episode was not initially planned, but we were encountering questions on what DefundDOC.net was about, where it came from, what are their goals, and where it is going. And most importantly, so what? What kind of relevance does it have to you? We wanted to set aside a moment to share our vision and discuss how incredibly critical you are for the social justice mission. Vast amounts of people were under misconception, largely due to the provocative name, DefundDOC.net, that we were seeking the release of all criminals and no more prosecution. That is furthermost from our agenda. In fact, our mission is to create a more just, humane, and equitable criminal justice system. For the longest time, the government has gotten away with packing prisons with our sons and daughters of America because of the inherent stigma and prejudice that resides in each of us regarding crime and criminals. Crime and criminals have been with us since the beginning of time. There is no cure to crime except for one thing, love. In my digital book, which I'm giving away for free, Defund DLC, Turning All Prisons into Treatment and Career Centers, I wrote a chapter entitled, Discipline Without Love is Tyranny. What I meant is, all the data and evidence has empirically proved beyond a reasonable doubt that if we treat, educate, sufficiently capitalize, and support our people, they will respond positively. They will change. They will reintegrate and become productive members of society permanently ending criminal activity. By showing love to our American people, we will yield dividends beyond all understanding. As someone that has been essentially incarcerated my entire life since age 13, now I'm 43, and I still have 16 years left in prison, I am an expert of this community. The American criminal community, I I don't like using the word criminal, but for purposes of this podcast, I will. I have seen what works and what doesn't in regards to changing criminal behaviors. And what doesn't work with absolute certainty is today's cruel and corrupt mass incarceration system. The fact is the government has declared war on crime, drugs, and poverty. By proxy, the government has declared war on you and, and the rest of the American people. These are not foreign enemies of war. These are our sons, daughters, and descendants. We have to demand change from the government. The government should be in the business of helping people and saving our people, not enslaving them and exploiting them. Due to the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, which was a blatant concession to the repugnant racist Civil War South, which was ratified to enable post-war Civil War governments to create a new slave class, the country today is now the biggest slaveholder in human history. They have been stealing the labor of our sons and daughters by force, coercion, and duress for over 100 years now. Within the last 50 years since the 1970s, when the racist government of Nixon was trying to combat black power political movements, he enacted the war on drugs and crime by instituting sweeping laws and regulations that criminalized virtually all vices 
that they believe African Americans partook in. The racist, all-white, privileged elite and state legislators followed suit. Remember, I'm a white person too, so I can speak on this with absolute credibility to my fellow Americans, regardless of race to convey the truth of this evil and wicked system. Now the mass incarceration system is no respecter of race. All it is concerned about is class. Yet it's the, usually the marginalized of minorities and the poor and mentally ill that get ensnared by it. If you have vast sums of cash, you can hire competent counsel experts to dispute every fiber of the government's case, investigators to find alternative suspects, psychologists to humanize, mitigation experts to reduce sentences, and countless other trial tactics such as extensive motion practice and favorable plea negotiation that poor defendants dependent upon public defenders never see. Therefore, the system is rigged from the start to the finish. It is intended to be a fast food conveyor belt with no concern of innocence, fairness, or even justice. Upon enactment of these laws, the politicians use their bully pulpit in the mass media, just like the hate-filled ones today in both major political parties, Democrat and Republican, to demonize and dehumanize our troubled sons and daughters that happen to commit a crime. From that moment in the 1970s until today, mass incarceration exploded fiercely. Please note, the danger listeners, if we continue on this trajectory based on past data, within 70 years, half of the American people will be a felon in prison, jail, or on probation. It is a disgusting future. Essentially, we will have two classes of people, the elite ruling class and the slave class. Sir, some will put themselves up the arduous social ladder to become an elite ruling class member, but it will be at the expense of the half their friends and family being slaves to the government. The thing is, listeners, the government has hoodwinked and swindled us. They use our inherent prejudice and dislike of crime and criminals to essentially enslave us and our descendants. Check this out. If you happen to be saying to yourself that you have never committed a crime and most likely never will, please beware. Today, there are incredible technological advancements that will practically guarantee that you, your loved ones, or your descendants will be charged with a crime someday. Don't believe me? Okay, think of this. There are DNA databases, genealogical databases, fingerprint databases, facial recognition software databases, tax and banking databases, 24-7 video surveillance databases, thanks to Ring and other such voluntary surrendering of the surveillance data. There is criminal history databases, which on a side note are a violation of our constitutional right against double jeopardy, according to our country's founders. The government was not allowed to put you twice at jeopardy for the same parking, speeding, or criminal offenses, yet they do it corruptly with impunity across the country. That's a topic for another episode. Nevertheless, their social media, online search engines, and online tracking databases, which the government receives without any oversight by simply buying it from marketing data brokers. And then there's the insidious geolocation software and cell type tower simulators. The country is completely saturated with ways to ensnare you and the rest of the American people. With the endless panoply of laws, regulations, codes, policies, and statutes, virtually no one, not one person in this whole country, has not broken a law. Perhaps only an infant, but definitely no adult. You might not realize you broke a law, 
but an attorney will tell you quickly that ignorance is no exception to the law or the punishment that comes with it. You might have wrote a wrong numeric digit in your taxes or stated an inflated income or assets on your banking, credit card, or loan documents. Maybe you express false information to someone online, telephonically, or through the mail. These are all felonies that carry significant prison time, yet most have committed them. There's countless other examples, too many to list here, but the point is, no matter who you are, where you're from, or what you believe, you or your family have committed a crime somewhere. All it takes is for a creative overzealous law enforcement officer or prosecutor to connect you to the right database and then the right crime. After that, you will be convicted, no matter your innocence, culpability, or standing in the community. The old adage that prosecutors can indict and convict a ham sandwich is horribly true. Yet people laugh at the absurdity of it without knowing its potential dire consequences on our society. That is why the heart-filled and evidence-based book, Defund DOC, Turning All Prisons into Treatment and Career Centers, was written, and the website, blog, and podcast was dedicated to it. Our mission is to end the evil prison slavery scheme. It is our belief that it was bred by hate and racism, and it gives politicians an adverse profit motive and incentive to incarcerate our American people. To turn prisons into treatment facilities, as virtually everyone that commits a crime has a behavioral health problem that needs to be addressed, whether that's substance use disorders, depression thought disorder, anxiety thought disorders, etc., ad nauseum, the list of mental health disorders affecting our troubled people is endless. And the childhood trauma root causes that actually propelled the disorders are vast. Data suggests that 60% of males were sexually abused. And the statistic for women is extremely higher at almost 90%. When I spoke about my story in, in my book, Hopeless in Seattle, A Foster Kids Manifesto, which I highly recommend and ask you to get a digital copy of, along with both of my other books, all for the price of one book, only $14.99. Anyway, when I published that book and others in prison, read it, I was greatly surprised. I thought I would face considerable ridicule, hostilities, ostracism, but what I actually encountered was people coming up and sharing their stories of abandonment, foster care, sex and physical abuse, and severe traumas during childhood. Literally every male in prison has suffered some deeply disturbing childhood trauma from my experience. Therefore, we should say mass incarceration has preyed on traumatized victims, not solely childhood trauma either. Veterans are the highest growing segment in prison. Veterans with no childhood traumas go and fight for our country as patriots for the free world. Yet when they come back, their war trauma is being criminalized by the American government. The fastest growing segment in prisons are our veterans. So the government is rewarding thousands of our patriotic, honorable warriors, is cruelly sentencing them, warehousing them in brutally violent prisons, enslaving them, and failing to treat and every other Amer um, incarcerated American so that they return back whole. Politicians repeated the ugly, pra evil practice of denying meaningful education to people to keep them enslaved, similar to slaveholders in pre-Civil War era disallowing slaves to even read, and segregationists during apartheid by underfunding African-American schools so they received insufficient and inferior schooling. 
Likewise, today politicians have been systemically underfunding education in prison. They've spent vast more money on bullets, weaponry, razor wire, and technologies to keep our people oppressed and unable to access effective educational opportunities. It is despicable. They strip our people of their identities and install them in artificial environments that make them worse. They are indoctrinated by the guards to make themselves think that they are worthy only of concrete bars and concrete walls. They are themselves trained to treat prisoners as manipulators, liars, thieves, etc., as if their bad decision dictates their lifelong membership in the criminal class. They begin to believe they deserve the rough, harsh, and cruel treatment, such as long sentences, solitary confinement, enslavement, exploitation, and that will never escape that criminal class. Prison administrators reinforce the maltreatment by constantly issuing disorientating and traumatizing diesel therapy and diesel treatment. Prison profiteers have furthered the scheme by extracting eye-popping billions from prisoners, their families, their friends, and their communities, charging exorbitantly high and inflated prices for inferior and inadequate products, foods, and services. You can see it firsthand with the property sold on www.wapackages.com or www.secures.com and the myriad of other parasitic vendors profiting off the misery of our troubled American people. This has worked flawlessly. Across this country, the recidivism rate is at an astounding 82%. Virtually everyone that enters prison, minus a small 18%, will be so traumatized by the brutal and violent landscape, the oppression, the slavery, the lack of treatment, the lack of education, and the lack of sufficient capital to reintegrate back into society, that they will reoffend within the first 10 years of release. 63% of them will reoffend within the first three years. Therefore, every new victim of a crime that happens in America committed by a recidivist anywhere in this country should solely blame the current governmental policies. Politicians have built a criminal justice system on foundations of racism, hate, and oppression. And unsurprisingly, that wickedness has produced high crime rates across the country. And yet, they have the audacity to go on mass media and talk about high crime rates and how they need to create more prisons and create more jails when it's known to be a failure. As such, it is our mission to defund DOC by reducing funding of weaponry and security and increasing funding of mandatory advanced college degrees in current technologies and industries. In all my years in prison, I haven't ever met someone that gained an advanced degree in computer science or engineering and then come back to prison. It's absurd to even argue that someone could make potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars a year would disregard and jeopardize that to commit a robbery, a sex crime, or any other crime. It just doesn't happen. So we must turn prisons into de facto university campuses. We must educate our people. Our most critical mission is to end prison slavery and abolish the 13th Amendment. Sure, this is a huge feat, but it must be done. The government should not be enslaving our children. Additionally, paying prisoners their fair market wage will enable them to compensate their victims. 
repay outstanding debts to creditors and sufficiently capitalize their savings accounts so they can adequately rent an apartment or even put a down payment on a house and pay for the cost of living as a secure employment or start a business. Another important reform we are seeking is the reduction across the board of 8 to 10 years for all non-homicide offenses. Studies from reputable universities have proven that rehabilitative measures stop being effective after seven years. So with that in mind, we believe eight to ten years maximum for all non-homicide offenses is sufficient time for the government to treat, educate, and adequately capitalize troubled Americans for some successful reintegration into society. We also believe that 15 to 20 years for a single homicide is likely enough time to rehabilitate our people. Troves of data evidence have proven convicted murderers largely change their behavior and are the least likely to recidivate. Of course, I'm not talking about sociopaths. Those that murder multiple people without regard, those individuals are, are abnormal and should be put away to protect the public. But they are such a rare offender that it's not worth discussing. The vast majority in prisons are regular people like you and me. Yet the government has demonized them and dehumanized them so viciously that we lose sight of their citizenry and their, their part in our communities. Therefore, additionally, our mission seeks to re-franchise Amer- American prisoners with their right to vote. They need social adhesion and engagement, not social ostracism, to prepare for the successful reintegration. There are ancillary reforms we would like to see, like opening prisons to private businesses such as McDonald's, Amazon, Walmart, and Domino's Pizza. These these would allow them to have jobs inside the prison and buy and sell regular products that Americans in the free world use to allow prisoners to sell their crafts and services to the community, such as beading items and, and drawing and tattoo services, allow family and friends and communities to come into the prisons for dances, sporting events, concerts, and other such activities. The thing is, studies have proven that strong community and familial bonds significantly reduces recidivism, so immediate family members such as mothers, fathers, siblings, wives, and children should be able to come into the prison and stay for days if they like. The reforms that we're seeking are used all over in the world in countries such as Norway, and they have been proven conclusively to work. This is empirical, ladies and gentlemen. This is not the the demonization and the conjecture and the obfuscation that politicians are using in the world today. In closing, what we have discussed together today is extremely important to to your own self-interest. If you care about your future self or your descendants, you must join this changemaker family. This is a new Underground Railroad for our generation. We need everyone and anyone willing to support this cause, and don't think you have to be on the front line demonstrating, donating all your extra funds, or anything like that. Simply subscribing to our platform, becoming a certified prison reform activist through us, and receiving receiving my digital book for free, and liking and reposting our posts, or typing favorable reviews, or just simply promoting us. Simple things like this with your presence can be enough. 
we accept you as you come. As Linda will tell you, we greatly need like-minded people on social media because the hate our mission generates is so troubling, it is stunning. Politicians, mass media, government officials, and some political fanatics full of hate and evil do not want you to know the truth and and how cruel and corrupt mass incarceration is and how much of a failure it is. Taxpayers are funding the biggest slave class and their inevitable recidivism in world history. The atrocities are outrageous, but we are on the right side of history. We will no longer be willfully blind or deliberately indifferent. Those that support and take part in this social justice mission will assuredly have their names written in glory and history, and they will rest in honor for their sacrifice and support for future generations. Thank you for your time, and please, please, please spread the word. We are trying to expand and increase our presence online, but cannot, cannot do it without your help. So spread the word, get our free book and certificate, get our three book digital book series so that you, we grow this mission that is fighting for you and your descendants. Lastly, I want to challenge my national or state lawmakers to debate or discuss on the current corrupt and wicked mass incarceration system and the solutions I have set forth. Most likely they will decline because they believe I'm a peasant slave on their prison plantation, but you listening know I am ready and willing. And this includes the politicians running for this state, the governor's races in Washington state. I challenge you, please share this challenge with everybody that you can so that everybody in this country knows that I'm ready and willing to fight for the, for the, our people and our descendants. Okay, future change maker, family member, we love you and your future descendants. Have a good day.